Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Michelle Tree is the group leader of Plant-Based Living Winnipeg in Canada. She is a passionate food educator and animal advocate who believes in the power of whole foods to transform communities. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Michelle Tree. Greetings, Michelle. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Green Warriors, Michelle, she has conquered significant challenges and she has emerged stronger, both mentally, let me see your bicep, and oh. physically. <laughs> <laughs> she will be sharing her inspiring journey of resolving anxiety, depression, and food addiction while embracing a whole food plant-based diet to enhance her well-being and achieve new found, let's see it again, fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I am just so impressed. <laughs> I'm truly honored to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be here. I love your show. I think your show is so much fun. Oh, well, you know, your story is is definitely going to inspire and empower our green warriors and many of them may be going through some similar challenges that that you have been dealing with and you know food addiction i mean that is a it's a complex issue and and a lot of people are affected by it a lot of people come to the plant-based lifestyle because of it because they're trying to resolve it that way and they're hoping that it's going to help them and so there can still be challenges with food addictions, even if you adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle. But before we go into all that, maybe you could just share with our Green Warriors a bit about your personal journey. Okay. Well, it is all about that, really, my personal journey, which leads me to all of the things you just spoke about. Um, you know, I, you know, I can start, I'm, I'll be quick, but I'll start back. When I was a child, I grew up um, you know, I was a chubby kid. I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. So anyone who grew up during that time, um, you know, I was a chubby kid. I wasn't uh, by today's standards, unfortunately. You wouldn't probably even consider me to be an obese kid or anything like that. But in the 70s and 80s, there was generally like one or two people in your class that were in your grade even that were overweight and they were kind of known as the fat kid and that was me um you know and despite the fact that i was i played a lot of sports i was great at sports i had friends i had um you know i was good in school i didn't have any problems I had a good um family at home but you know i did you know, there were some challenges. My dad died when I was little. My, my mom was a great cook and she liked to bake. I grew up on a lot of sugar and a lot of milk. Um, looking back, I know that was a big part of my problem. I guzzled milk. But at the time, it was told to us that, you know, it's growing bones and it was part of a healthy lifestyle. And um, so I was kind of the chubby kid. And I, I think that that, um, that concept of myself stayed with me through 
you know, all, all the time growing up and into my teens. And then in my teens, like, you know, it's got into the eighties where diet culture really took off. And, you know, if you remember like all the aerobic videos and all the weight loss infomercials and I got, I tried everything. I got into all of that. So I was doing Nutrisystem when I was 16. I, you know, bought it, got my mom convinced her to get me a gym membership when I, before I was even 18 to try to always kind of like, seeking that transformation almost like your transformation amy you've got a before picture and an after picture i saw that sorry let me take a sip of water i saw those transformations in magazines and um always wanted them like always wanted that <clears throat> sorry always wanted to be that before and after picture you know and, and I did, I lost weight with the diets I was undertaking. So at Nutrisystem, I lost 20, 30 pounds. I went from where I was my heaviest, lost some initial weight, got down, you know, 20 or 30 pounds down, but was still somewhat overweight and um, still had that, you know, conditioning of myself and working on it. And I carried that diet culture, um, always trying to, trying to exercise and lose weight into my 20s and my 30s. Um, and then I, you know, I, that was just who I was by then. I think they, you know, I listened to a, a doctor named Dr. Joe Dispenza who says that we're pretty much who we are by the time we're 35. And so I would say that first stage of my life, you know, my 20s and into my early 30s, I still had that concept. I was always still the fat girl, even if I wasn't all looking like that always on the outside. So, and I was always trying uh, new things and food was a major problem for me. I understood that I, I didn't really see myself as a food addicted person rather than I thought that I was a bit of a glutton, um, couldn't control myself. It was all about willpower. That's just how I framed it in my mind. But I would say, you know, in the second stage of my life, um, from when I was 35, I had recently moved back to Canada. I'd been living in Australia. And I got a job working for um, the Cancer Care Foundation, the hospital in my city. And I was the, the fundraiser and the leading coordinator for a big, large event called the Weekend End Breast Cancer. And, you know, that to me was, was it was the ultimate job because it, it had a real purpose to it. I felt good. I was doing something good. Um, and then, but I was meeting people every day in the beginning, of course, with the weekend and breast cancer, it was women with breast cancer or their families. And then that turned, turned into an event called the challenge for life that embraced all types of cancers. And so my, you know, I spent two or three years where that is all I saw was people with cancer, um, or people who had lost people who had had cancer. And I started to become afraid of it and, you know, wanted to know well, how do I not get cancer? My job was going out and talking to um, companies about how we needed money because the rates of cancer were just going to keep rising and rising. Because I was so aware of these statistics, it became, um, well, how am I going to avoid this? You know, it sounds like we're all going to get cancer by the way I'm talking. And I want to know why? Why are we all getting cancer? I don't want to get cancer. I don't want my husband to get cancer, my boyfriend at the time. And I was asking those questions and not getting clear answers at all. You know, yeah, you can put sunscreen on, you know, they briefly talked about exercise, but it was all about research and the treatment that they were offering, but it wasn't on how to avoid it. And at that same time, I read an article about the link between processed meat and colon cancer and stomach cancers. 
And that was the first like little light bulb moment with me where I thought, okay, well, this is definite. This seems really definite and really clear. And it's something that I can do. So I went home and I talked to my boyfriend and said, you know, we can't be eating this food. We can't be eating luncheon meats and bacon. And I didn't know how he was going to react to it, but he understood that as a problem and thought, you know what, that's fine. We can do that. We can give up those things. And so that was the very beginning. And that was 2008. And that slowly, and I say slowly, because I am the slowest transitioner. It took me 2008. I started, then I started to look at other meats, red meat, the, you know, caught heart attack, all that kind of stuff. I just got more um, knowledgeable about food, really looked at all of these things and more kept coming up. So it was like, give up meat, give up chicken. Then I started learning about factory farming. You know, it's like the, the veils kind of opened and um, we became vegan in 2015. So that like, that was a long time. And then it was 2016 that I saw the movie Plant Pure Nation and learned about the whole food plant-based diet and, you know, how, how it wasn't just about becoming vegan. Um, it was, you know, a whole plant-based lifestyle that was necessary for health. And that was, you know, it was a big journey to get to that place. But I thought at that time, uh, you know, we adopted the whole food plant-based diet lifestyle. I, we immediately lost a little bit of weight. We didn't have a lot to lose, but we lost a bit of weight. We felt better. Um, I established my community. Like we all, we have these mutual communities that are part of plant pure communities. I created an, a group. I found a new group of friends to support me. I found the community and I thought I had everything figured out. I honestly thought my life was going great. So from 2016 to 2020, I was building that group, learning more about whole food plant-based eating, feeling great, feeling energetic, uh, feeling like I had conquered uh, what, you know, was my food addiction. But really, I just thought, oh, it was the wrong, you know, it's like Dr. Michael Clapper says, it's the food. And I was like, it's the food. As long as I eat this food, I'm fine and I'm doing great and I'm having a great time and a great lifestyle with a great group of friends and building this big community and feeling really good about my life. And then 2020 hit and everything went away. My community disappeared overnight. Um, we went from having, you know, we were up to about five events a month. We were having potlucks and restaurant meetups and, you know, getting together to see speakers and, you know, anything that we could do to bring that community together and learn together. And, and that's a big deal because when you're trying to connect with people that have adopted a whole food plant-based lifestyle, there aren't too many around if, until you develop a community, which you really worked hard to find these people and then they brought other people and so on and so on. Yes. And then you really had this really great group going. Yeah. It was, you know, it was amazing. And, and it gave me a sense of purpose. It, it really, I felt like I was starting to take off as a food educator. I had some purpose to my life. I was speaking in front of groups. We were having big rallies. We were coordinating with other groups like the animal um, activists and, and uh, food activists. Like I was finding all these connections in my city and just being involved wherever I could. And then overnight it's gone. And that was huge. And I don't think that I realized how huge it was right at the beginning. Because of course, we didn't know in 2020 that it was going to be three years later, right? And um, thankfully, at that time was when Pat came along for me. So uh, in the first year, 
uh, I was asked to be on the Plant Pure Advisory Committee for Black Let, Pure let's Communities. Just, let's stop for a minute because there there was a movie called yep. Plant Pure Nation. So yes. some people may not be familiar with the rest of it, but there was a movie called Plant Pure Nation. There, there was, well, let's even back up a little further. There was a, a man, T. Cohen Campbell, and he yes. made uh, had the China study and he published it. And then you want to go ahead and talk about how that evolved. Just spend a minute so that they understand where this community sure. came from. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. Because I I kind of <laughs> glossed over that like in one big world. But it, it uh, you're right. And it was that was a big deal because seeing that movie, I had been vegan. So my husband and I had gone vegan. We, we knew that the way we were going was, hey, this is a this causes some problems health wise. We just kept giving up the food. So it's like, OK, meat is a problem. Let's give it up. You know, milk is a problem. Let's give it up. And when we became vegan, we did start getting it was just the beginning of the processed food, vegan kind of industry coming up. When we first turned vegetarian, there was very little. There really wasn't a lot of meat substitutes on the market and anything that was out there tasted pretty terrible. But they started evolving around that same time. And I started eating some of those foods, you know, my foods that I like to eat before I became vegan were a lot of chicken products. So I ate a lot of chicken nuggets and things. And so I, yeah, got into some processed food and I wasn't feeling great about it. And uh, at the same time, my mom had moved in with us. She wasn't uh, vegan or whole food plant-based or anything. I saw that movie and I saw a way that, hey, this is a way that all of our health can be better. It seems like this is a good way for our family to eat and um, something for us to focus on. And it took about a year to transition into that. But during that time, we started losing connection with the friends that we had because we were the only vegan people in my orbit. Uh, my family and my friends outside my mother and my husband were eating the regular, you know, way that everybody eats. And, you know, suddenly, you know, family meals seemed not so fun. Um, we weren't connecting on that same level. And when I saw the movie Plant Pure Nation, it did two things for me. It, it confirmed what I really had been learning all along is that, you know, food can be medicine and that we can transform our health with food and we can avoid chronic disease with food, which was what I was looking for. But it also um, showed you how important community was and how organizing together and, and, and getting together with other people is, is important for support. Um, you know, I, we needed to be able to eat meals with other people and, and have those kind of connections and not have adversity um, and challenges in our relationships. And so I started a community called Plant-Based Living Winnipeg under, under the banner of Plant Peer Communities. And, um, and that, was, that was really the beginning because it, then I started going out to promote it, started meeting other people who had seen movies like Plant Peer Nation or Forks Over Knives or read the book the China study and we're, we we were all kind of heading down that path and then they started joining in. So that, you know, that, um, that community, that movement is, uh, it's one of the most important things I think that is happening. And, you know, there is other communities like it, but there was nothing sort of like that where I could go, okay, even though this is American, here is me in Canada, I can start my own chapter of this or my own pod as we call them and um you know i felt like i was part of something that was bigger than just me and it 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 gave me the confidence to go out there and speak about it it gave me some framework they have you know they had helpful 
uh, things on their website is to like guide you as to being a leader. We had a, a regional leader that you would speak to and, and then you could see that there was other, you know, around the world, there was other communities like yours. So that, that was, um, that was a big turning point in my life was establishing that community. And then I had about four ye good years before, you know, 2020 came along and suddenly what I built in terms of starting off with one potluck, turning it into monthly potlucks, then adding other events, start adding, going to other restaurants and asking them to serve, serve whole food plant-based meals, getting my group into that restaurant and just building that community um, suddenly was kind of blown apart. And, uh, and it was, it was a real adjustment to my life to figure out, okay, well, what, what is, what's going forward and when is this going to, when is this going to go back? Yeah. You know, I think in the first couple of years, that was really my mindset is like, when will this part be over and we'll get back to where we were? And that, and that kind of leads us to where we are today. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Because we actually had a comment uh, while, while you were talking about that from uh, Deep Slumber. And she said, thanks for going back and explaining all this. I'm just starting to learn about how animal food affects us. So we have a lot of, we have green warriors who have been with us for the ride, but then we, a lot of times when somebody like you comes on and they say, hmm, that sounds like an interesting story. We'll have somebody that is not familiar at all with the lifestyle. And I'm so glad that a Deep Slumber is joining us because there's a lot that we're going to talk about and learn. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's really important. I, especially now I find that um, more and more I'm thinking about food this way is that, you know, it outside of the vegan community that I became a part of and the whole food plant-based community that I built, there is people who are looking in and they're, you know, they're, they're hearing things, they're seeing things. They're not ready to like jump right into the pool and, and become whatever. And it's maybe not feasible for everyone. Everyone is coming from a different situation. Everyone um, has different kinds of families, backgrounds, what they do for a living. And we are so connected to food in so many different ways that it's not just so simple for people to just be like, oh, okay, I'll just do this. And it, you know, it wasn't simple for me because I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. So it was step by step and maybe I'm a little slow, maybe sometimes, you know, it takes a while for me to process the information. But once I processed a bit of information, accepted it, and then made a change, I was really lucky because I had a partner who was doing it right alongside me. But I see many women, especially women, um, that are the only person in their family. And, you know, many men too, that just because you start making these changes doesn't mean everybody else wants to jump on board. We're, we're, it's personal. Food is personal. And if you really feel attached to your food or, you know, you're like, oh, I could never give up cheese because I love it so much. So there's got to be room for people who maybe aren't fully into this lifestyle to come and be part of this community. Yeah, absolutely. And having the support either by coming on my broadcast and people chat with each other and we have our own little Green Warrior community. There are a lot of other places that they can go on the internet as well that have similar things happening. So it's just so important. When I first adopted the lifestyle, I immersed myself and it was in 2012, there wasn't as much information, but I scoured the internet and I tried to find YouTube videos and podcasts, anything. And every single day I was either reading something or listening to something so I could just learn more about it. And, and it's great that you made that community. I wanted to ask you, 
because we we were talking about food addiction, but when, then we also kind of mentioned how there was some anxiety and, and depression, things like that. So did those things start, do you think, when, with your childhood or did they emerge later on? What do you think? Oh, well, that's one of the reasons I started my story in my childhood. I think that all of that started in my childhood. I had traumatic events. I had, you know, had trauma in my uh, childhood, my my teen years, I had traumas that weren't dealt with. I don't like, you know, there's mm. a lot of, you know, jokes that are said about our generation and how we just kind of like, that's how life was. And yeah. I had yeah. some major traumas that happened to me that there was no dealing with them at all. It was just like, shake it off and keep going with life. And I think that like, that's part of why I was having the problem with food is that the food was bringing me the comfort. I was um, filling myself with the food to not feel those feelings and um but I didn't recognize it I didn't know that then and it didn't come out for me until now because okay. for me it it really when I went when I started going the food learning route you know because I was it was so much about avoiding cancer something that wasn't connected to me I didn't even know anyone with cancer personally but I began to know people with cancer through my job and it was about avoiding chronic disease and learning. And I was just like you where I was immersing myself in everything. I was reading something, I was watching videos, documentaries, and just, you know, picking up this information and incorporating it as I could go along. And then when I, when I hit the whole food plant-based level and the weight, you know, kind of stabilized, I felt good. I, you know, began to create this new community and have a purpose in life, I think I thought, oh, everything's good now. Like I've, you know, I've reached this point and now I don't have any problems. I'm, everything's good. I've got a great relationship. I'm at the love of my life and, you know, had this wonderful, supportive, connective relationship. And so life was really great for me up until that point. But then when, when 2020 hit and things fell apart, and it took, you know, some time during that year because it was like, you know, I just kept thinking things were going to come back. So it was just like, oh, like I'm old for a little bit, but it'll come back. And, you know, at first you're like, you know, you're on Zoom, you're doing the Zoom meeting things. And this is, you know, it's all new. I didn't really see how um, it was really affecting me mentally. And it was over those last few years where with the really the disillusion of the community other outside of the internet, everything, everything moved online. And suddenly all my friends were my Facebook friends. And, you know, I, I text my friends and I, but I don't see them in person very often. There was very few people who were still seeing each other in person. And, and also that the community got divided because there was so much division mm -hmm. um, in what we thought about what was going on. Some people were, you know, one way and some people were another, then they started hating each other. And these people were all the people who were like a family before and suddenly we were dividing ourselves and um and that that had a really strong effect on my mental uh capacity and also and really started plunging me into this depression it was like i sort of see depression as like you know you could it, it feels like you're in a dark hole but what gets you into that dark hole is maybe like the things that pile up above your head right so it was like you know, this was how my community was going away. Um, you know, I started eating a lot more. I, I, you know, I did bring processed foods back in my life, but it wasn't so much even the processed foods. I was eating a lot of my foods were within the plant pure uh, way of eating. I like maple syrup. I was, you know, using that a lot, making a lot of cakes and cookies in a whole food plant based way. But I was binging. 
on them. And I was binging to make up for, you know, a feeling of emptiness, the loss that I was experiencing, um, losing my purpose in life was a big one. And so you were using was, the tools that you learned as a child. Yes, so were just, exactly. Those are the tools you learned. And, and it, and it felt like it worked at the time when you were kids. So you just used them again. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't even realize it until I got to a place of feeling so down. And that's really, you know, you and I were uh, speaking, it's been a long time coming this interview, and you'd originally booked me to speak, because we are plant pure leaders. And, we, you know, we were both on pack. And it was something to talk, you know, I was going to come on to talk about that and being a plant based leader and, you know, going out into the world and spreading this message and being part of this movement, which is, you know, wonder, a wonderful thing. And then I canceled because uh, where it actually really came to a head was last year, um, right around the time we started talking about doing this interview, I was, uh, I, you know, I'd gained some weight with, you know, the bad eating habits. Um, I wasn't moving as much anymore. I wasn't going out as much. My community was failing. And those are all like the pillars of lifestyle medicine, which we understand. And, you know, I hope, you know, people will learn about as they watch podcasts like yours because you have great guests on who discuss these things and and lay it all out and there's they're all important it's not just about the food so that was my first inclination where it started being like you know like i said dr michael clapper oh it's the food okay done i figured it out life's perfect now i'm good um no like the you know the community was a big part of it but there's other things too it's you know it's how i'm how i'm coping with stress how I'm, you know, our, our lifestyle pillars are, you know, exercising and, you know, suddenly we couldn't go to the gym anymore. And that, you know, I was, I, I either like was an exerciser who was like really full on with exercising, doing something, you know, quite vigorous, or I was on the couch. There was, I've never really been someone who, who uh, built up that that habit of being disciplined and i know you are i know you're a daily exerciser and that's a really important pillar the only no. reason why is no i'm saying the oh, only reason are. why is because if i don't if i'm if I, I if i skip a day once in a while it's okay but if i skip more than one day i will be on that downward slope of just not doing it at all yeah it just yeah it goes away just like that. And it I does. know myself. It so does. that's why I have to do, even if, if I don't have time, I'm, I'm going to put on my workout clothes and I'm going to do something for 15 minutes because everybody has 15 minutes. I'm going to make sure that that still defines who I am because otherwise the other way will define who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and it's well, happening to me. You are so right. And that's <laughs> something I had to learn now. And, and so, you know, I was, so when we started talking, I was, you know, on the verge of turning 50. And I thought, you know what, I've been chasing this sort of transformation my entire, since I was a teenager, I've wanted that before and after picture. And I came across um, a woman called uh, Kim Constable. She has a, she has a brand is called the Sculpted Vegan. And she runs these vegan workout uh, groups, programs that you join, you get a workout plan and a diet and you do the, you know, and, and she attaches prize money to um, these things They become contests. So I entered what was this like sculpted vegan contest where it was 12 weeks of really full on exercise, um, a very strict diet plan, which I sort of didn't really plan to follow because I was going to remain whole food plant based, but 
um, you know, hitting the gym every day and the prize was $50,000 US. I was super motivated. I felt like this is, this is what I needed. Right. So it got me, got me out, got me at the gym. I was getting back into things. I'm like, I had a goal. I was turning 50. I wanted, you know, I wanted that. I wanted that prize money. I wanted to have that before and after photo. I wanted that transformation. I thought this is it, this is happening. And it was like, you know, you're riding your bike and you're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And then suddenly a month into it, I was looking great, feeling great. And I got COVID and suddenly, you know, absolutely mm. cannot go to the gym right actually quite sick for a good couple of weeks and i haven't been sick in many many years really since i had become whole food plant-based i really haven't been sick and it hit me hard and where 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 it really got me was that i didn't have the discipline of the daily practice of exercise and the knowing that you know this is like even if i had just you know taken my lunch okay a couple of weeks off the gym and then got back into it it was like I just collapsed. Like, so, you know, uh, an event had happened two weeks into it. I'm like, I can't win this contest anymore. I give up. And it just, you know, and then I was, then it was just, okay, let's go down another level, right? Like, like here's where I was depressed before. And then that just was like, in my mind, I'm like, I failed again. This was my opportunity, you know, that I, you know, I just didn't, I didn't know how to cope with that hit to myself. I just, I needed a win and I felt like I was on my way to that win. And then suddenly that win was like yanked out of my hands. And, um, you know, funny enough, I had a, I have a girlfriend who placed fifth in the competition. She rocked it. Mm. She looked amazing and, you know, was texting me every day and working out. And, you know, I just realized, wow, she is disciplined. She is doing it no matter what. She is not giving up. And I realized, okay, that, you know, doing this is, it's pretty an extreme contest. It was three, four hours a day of working out. I didn't have that um, built up as a muscle, you know, like it just wasn't in me to um, continue on despite the adversity. Um, but I recognized it. Thankfully, I recognized where I went wrong. I saw where I was headed. I saw, I felt the depression of it. I felt the, the failure and the shame and, um, you know, and, you know, what I do when I have feel failure and shame, I'm like hiding out, you know, I'm eating, not seeing anyone, uh, you know, not getting out there with my community, maybe doing some online stuff because I'm, I'm not putting my face out there. But, you know, it was a real um, downward spiral for me during that time. And I just, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And, and, and it was, it was tough. And I, you know, I had that, yeah, I knew whole food plant-based, I know it, but I'm binging. I'm binging despite, you know, ha having the right foods in my house and eating generally the right way. Um, I wasn't, I didn't know how to just get back on that horse and, and keep going with the exercise that my community wasn't there. I felt really lost. And, you know, what I really realized I lost during that time, now looking back on it, and it's something that, you know, thankfully is driving me now today, uh, you had a uh, guest on recently, Nan Simonson. Yeah. She talked about the lifestyle medicine pillars. And one of the things that she said is that this isn't a pillar, but it's so important, is that you need to have purpose. You need to know your intention. You need to know your why. And I had just sort of lost that. 
And it was so bad that I really was at a point where because I had no intention, I had no purpose, I had my community seemed to be falling, my weight seemed to be coming back on, I just felt like, okay, now and now I've hit 50. And then what was also happening to me, which I didn't realize right away, I'd hit perimenopause. And I started having hot flashes at night. So at first, I didn't even know I was doing it, but I was waking up many times during the night because I was so hot. It was really disrupting my sleep. I wasn't getting sleep. I already had, you know, you and I talked about, we've had uh, elderly dogs. I have an elderly dog. I'm up sometimes with my dog. I, you know, had bad sleep habits to begin with because I've always been kind of a night owl. So um, my sleep was really, really disrupted. And that I think was the straw that broke the camel's back because not sleeping. And um, really when I started not sleeping, I started getting irritable during the day. Mm -hmm. I felt um, I felt more depressed and, and more just without hope, without, without any life in me. I just felt like, what it, what's my purpose in life? What am I here for? And I, I had those feelings of, do I even wanna be here? you know, and that is low. And that is lower than I, I ever thought I would be. And I, and especially because I have such a connected, loving uh, relationship with my husband. Um, and thankfully for that, just in my deepest, darkest moments, I actually told him I was feeling that way. And he was startled. Um, and it startled me. And, you know, that I would even consider that. But I looked it up. And women the highest rate of suicide for women is age related is between 45 and 55 and that's in canada that's in the us that's in australia and it's related to um you know perimenopause and menopause years and because of all the disruption that it brings it makes it harder to you maintain your weight you suddenly start gaining weight your hormones are all over the place i wasn't sleeping at night because of the hot flashes and it was like oh Okay. So that was, that was a bit of a turning point. Cause it was like, okay, I got to figure this out now. I had to make a decision. So I had to, I had to get my intention. I had to decide that I have a life worth living. I have to decide I'm going to find purpose. I don't know what it is at that point. I didn't feel that I knew what it was, but I had to, you know, start climbing out of that hole. And that's a tough place to be. And if anyone is watching and you are in that place, um, I have some, I have some thoughts and I have some tips on what helped me. And at that time it was going back to the way it was when I started whole food plant-based and you and I both started, you know, in the same way that you're just like engrossed in podcasts and documentaries. And, um, despite being, you know, some of the worst time in the fact that like, you know, I was really, um, also on social media a lot really um, looking at what was going on in the world, worried about climate change, worried about my future, how are we gonna survive, what the world's gonna look like. And it just, it was just like pile, 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 pile. And you're, you know, you feel like you're under it, you know? And the only way to dig yourself out of that is to look for the tools and the bits of light that are above you, right? So I went back to learning, I found, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist. He has a podcast called the Huberman Lab. Yeah. Probably a lot of people have heard of him because I think it's one of the most popular podcasts in the world. But I started listening to him. 
podcasters like Lewis Howes who talk about, you know, traumas and, you know, how to motivate yourself out of it and looking for all those little tools. And one thing that kept coming up was sleep. So I know you had a question about sleep. I don't know if this is a good time to bring it up, but um, if, you, if you want, we should, yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was just kind of letting you tell your story, but we do, we do, um, I guess we can get segue into it. We do like to play a game with our green warriors, so we'll start it. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, so now I'm going to look for this, and here we go. So green warriors, we've been learning a lot about health and lifestyle so type in your guess for this question true or false poor sleep can make it more likely for you to overeat the next day so type in what your guess is and then as you're typing that in michelle what did you want to say about sleep well i'll tell you that that was something that i learned during this time so i started learning about sleep Dr. Andrew Huberman actually did a whole podcast episode just on sleep, but I realized, um, you know, where my sleep had been disrupted and I set out to absolutely change, change everything about my sleep. So I went from being like, I'm a person who always stayed up late. I was on my phone at night. Um, you know, I, and I took it to, I took advantage of every little tool at, you know, one at a time. Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about, um, getting up and getting light exposure in the morning and how that can actually impact you feeling tired at night. I changed my bedtime to 8.30 at night and I got up at 5.30 in the morning instead, which was a huge change for me. Um, I made sure that I was incorporating all the good sleep habits. I was, you know, I raise my feet at night. I make sure my room is cool. I make sure it's dark. Um, I prioritize sleep. And, um, and then I also, thankfully to Dr. Neil Bernard, who talks about uh, tools that can um, alleviate menopause symptoms, being hot flashes, he taught me about soybeans, organic soybeans, and I ordered organic soybeans and started taking them in terms of taking them like eating a quarter cup to a half a cup a day. And within three days, my hot flashes stopped, which is incredible. Um, and I just, I, I tell everyone about this because I can't believe that, you know, I, I, the amount of women who suffer from hot flashes, because hot flashes were not what I thought they were going to be. I honestly thought, okay, people get hot. Yeah, whatever. I don't mind being hot. It is like, you are the heater. <laughs> it's like, you are the, you are the blazing sun and it is so uncomfortable and awful. And, um, so you know, it took me probably a couple of months of like really incorporating all of these things. And I felt so much better. And it's, you know, it, it affects your um, how much blood flow is getting to your brain, how much sleep you can get, you get at night. I started incorporating other things like you, know, you had another doctor on Dr. Melissa Mandela. Mandela. Yes. Yeah. And she did a whole show. If anyone wants to learn more about depression, she did an excellent presentation on depression and how the lifestyle pillars can help you. And she talks about things like your omega threes, which also I'm a big follower of Dr. Burke Goldner. And I, you know, started incorporating flaxseed and more omega three fats into my diet, um, you know, to increase that blood flow. It was, it became 
you know, how do I incorporate the things that I know that are not just about food and then the food as well, you know, whatever, whatever little tweaks and tips I can get. Cause it was just these little, these little, I, I, I kind of see it as like, you know, if you're in a hole and you're in depression, you, these things are like, like little rock climbing handholds on the wall and you're, you get yourself up just a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and it starts to, you start to build. And, and I was building my way back into um, the pillars of lifestyle medicine, but also learning these like kind of scientific tools that I had never um, known before, but are, are readily available out there on the internet. There's a lot of conversation around these kinds of things and longevity and people are talking about mental health and and um, it's not a taboo subject and there is a lot of knowledgeable podcasters like yourself who are getting out there and giving us this information. Yeah, so absolutely. That- I just, I wanted to make a statement that depression, not everybody can just learn the things that you've learned and incorporate them. And then it all goes away for some people. Some people do need to have professional help. So we're not, neither one of us is recommending that you just don't try professional help and you just try it all on your own. Absolutely not. But but these, these are very good things to incorporate, whether you, you do seek professional help or not. These things are, are great to incorporate and hey, it can't hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, even as you speak about professional help, there, you know, these you cannot um you cannot really you cannot really stress enough how much these it's it's like, you know, my feeling of the last year has been like, how did I not know these things? Because it feels like these are the basics to being human. You know, maybe as kids if we'd been taught the importance of sleep we would have a lot less problems growing up because we would have just established these good health habits. Right. You know, um, I felt the same way about whole food plant-based when I learned it. I'm like, why did I not know this? Why was my government pushing a whole different agenda in terms of what I should be eating? Um, and recently I, you know, one of uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman brought it to my attention, but it was a study done a couple of years in Australia where they, they said that ex- daily exercise can be just as, helpful as medication uh, or even counseling can be not that it not that it takes the place of it because i believe also like you everybody should be using all the tools that they can you know for me um this is just how i am i'm i want to learn on my own and and then and that was what it was available to me i didn't really even at that time um consider going to a, a doctor for medication or for counseling but you know not that it wouldn't have helped me it was just the um my my feeling is hey sleep is free <laughs> you know this is something i can afford right now and i can incorporate today you know i can start to to do these things and it just gave me that little bit of breathing room where i started feeling um better about myself and then i could you know, add more things and incorporate more things and just getting kind of get back into the swing of life from where I was at my worst. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned about the the overeating. And as far as the the, a lot of people who have adopted the plant based lifestyle, it maybe they're successful in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, the weight starts creeping back on. And there and I even I recently was uh, at a conference, a plant based conference, and I spoke with someone who uh, is known in the community, so I won't say who she is. And she said to me, you know, she had lost quite a bit of weight on the lifestyle. And she said to me, you know, I'd really like to lose some more because I'm not at the weight that I feel I should be. 
And, you know, what, what do you think? And, and I said, you know, well, first, what, what my advice was 25 calories. And she said, was that? And I said, well, typically, if, if, we, if we're not at our weight that we think that we should be at, that, you know, that the doctors recommend, then it's usually because there's, even if it's just 25 extra calories a day, that could make your difference. And then she said, you know what? I get fresh cherries every day. I, I buy like a couple of pounds of them. And then at night, they're just so good, I eat them all, you know? And, th- and that's just an example of cherries. I mean, come on, right? They're healthy, right? Yeah. So, but even even things that are healthy, if you go beyond the number of calories that you're burning off, slowly but surely, you're going to gain gain weight. And that's just, just that's how it is. And it's so easy to to tell ourselves, but it's healthy, right? So yeah. It's okay. Or another, another way to look at that is that she should, should eat them in the morning instead of at night because so much information has come out about intermittent fasting yes. and how that can help you lose weight because really the purpose of sleep is sleep and not to be digesting the food that you just finished eating right before bed. So I grew up in a world where um, my, you know, my mom you know, was like, do you want a bedtime snack? And um, it was a habit that I carried with me into my adulthood. I never thought about um, that it, I shouldn't be, you know, finish supper and I shouldn't also have something to eat around eight or nine when I'm feeling a little peckish and I'm just about to go to bed. Um, and that that in learning about intermittent fasting through all the people who are talking a lot about that, Dr. Gold, Alan Goldhammer being, you know, an absolute yeah, authority on this subject. Too. Yeah, yeah, I love him. And, and to me, that was part of it too. I even incorporated a water fast, a short water fast for myself to um, deal with binging. Um, you know, when I feel like I can't quite stop eating sugar, like it's like, it's like Dr. Uh, Lyle talks about this, right? It's like, you're um, almost in a cycle, like because you ate sugar yesterday at three o'clock, three o'clock sugar rush comes around today, you're like, you want it again. And it's really hard to resist. And when I felt like I was like, I can't stop eating sugar. I can't stop, you know, seeking that out. Uh, a water fast um, just sort of seems to break the cycle for me. Yeah, Even and that was, that was only, right. I, I wanted to say because it, people can fast up to forty days, but it shouldn't be done without me, uh, medical supervision from no, absolutely experience not. And to go it. to places like the True North Health right. Center where you could really, if you, yeah. and, and that would be for a, you know, maybe a bigger health issue that you were yeah. going to seek out that kind of healing. But I did, I did incorporate. It's just again another tool and right. something that I tried and yeah. it helped. Yeah. And if you are on prescription medications, it may not be advisable to do that. So you should learn more about it before just doing something. Yeah. Watch your but, show. Because yeah. Dr. Alan Goldhammer <laughs> will outline that perfectly. I watched every video I could come out with, with Dr. Alan Goldhammer, because oh. I just, I just, and I, and I actually, and I, I actually went back to my group and did a book club with, we did the pleasure trap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like all of those things factored in. Yeah, let's let's kind of talk about uh, the pleasure trap a little bit because I have another true or false question, and the pleasure trap is a book about this. So, uh, food companies, true or false, Green Warriors, food companies hire scientists to create formulas in order to achieve a bliss point. So, formulas in the food, hmm. And then we can kind of talk about the pleasure trap and how that works. So, put your guesses in there. Green Warriors, and what did you want to say about the pleasure trap? Well, you know, I want to say just about your question, actually, because that brings up a good point. 
Um, I read The Pleasure Trap, but I also came across another book called Hooked by a doctor for, by Michael Moss, who's just a yeah. journalist and who talked to you. The yeah. entire book is about that. And that mm -hmm. was that was a big eye opener. It actually what I find that that where that helps me is that knowing that that these companies are trying to manipulate me makes me um, maybe more resilient. Like like I want to um, I don't want to I don't want to let them win with those with these dirty tactics that they're using, you know, like it makes me it makes me realize that they're using they're using our what we how we are as human pleasure seeking like the pleasure trap tells us they're using that against us. They know it. They know what the pleasure trap is and they're using it to manipulate us with this these processed foods and that's upsetting. And marketing. All of it. Yeah, absolutely. Knowledge is power and for some people just learning that how these foods can either help us or harm us or like you said learning about how the the food companies scientifically design these foods in order to hook us there there's different ways of learning about these things and maybe different ways to motivate you not to participate in them absolutely yes. yeah okay let's i think we see if we oh okay yeah <laughs> we yeah we had some answers to that question got a lot of smart smart green warriors out there okay so um so, so how long do you think it kind of took you to get to the point where you didn't feel like you were in such a deep pit of a hole and you weren't contemplating what to do with uh, I, I would yeah. I would say like probably you know a six month process quite honestly because um, it took you know it takes building it takes you know getting getting my sleep right was probably the um, you know the the most significant thing that I did. And then that allowed me to like, oh, I feel better now. Like you say, like your question about, you know, I don't know if you, we haven't said the answer yet, but, you know, the answer is true. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when and I noticed that when I didn't get sleep the next day, I'm for sure looking for sugar. I'm for sure drinking more cups of coffee. I'm for sure eating a poor way in, in the next day because I just feel out of sorts and the food, I'm looking for the food to kind of like give me a false sense of energy. And um, when I heard that on, you know, whatever podcast I heard that bit of information, that was a big, um, that was a big, you know, light bulb moment it was like, okay, you need to make sure you get a good night's sleep. You know, just in the same things as like drinking enough water, um, you know, all of these things that seem like they're just, you know, the basics. And and like I said, I wish we just knew these things as children. I wish that we, you know, we could know this throughout our lives and it wasn't something I'm learning at 50 years old, but whatever. And 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 then then a big part, the next part for me was really just accepting everything, you know. I think what brought me into that state of feeling helpless was feeling like I am 50. Now I'm old. Now it's, you know, life's over. <laughs> Things are looking pretty grim, you know, and, and that's, I think the perimenopause was playing a big part in that. And, and my, maybe my, um, what I believed was my worth as a, as a female, um, where I am in society and how important I am. Uh, to others and and understanding all of that and then changing accepting kind of where I am now okay the past is gone my group's never going to be what exactly it was then so I have to 
forge forward and and come up with a new plan and a new way that I see things the what what is my intention now for my life what is my new mission and um and that was that was really the the driving force of change was you know it you know you can listen to people like Eckhart Tolle for to get information on accepting the now you know mm-hmm. living in the now and accepting okay right now I'm fine I'm I'm stressing about climate change I'm stressing about chronic diseases that might happen to me but right now I'm healthy and learning to be grateful and um, taking on affirmations which I I knew about affirmations I don't know if anyone's heard of Louise Hay who um, you know famous for her affirmations and how um, using them brought her back to health I knew about affirmations I had a hard time incorporating them but I did a couple of things in the last year one was um, if I like Snoop Dogg. I'm a fan of him. And he has a children's song out that is affirmations. And Mm -hmm. I would sing it to myself. Mm -hmm. And I did it when I was starting to think negatively. I would incorporate, you know, there is no one better to be than myself. And my feelings matter. And I get better every single day. And those are just like, they're such tiny little things, but they they do have a big impact on the fact that I'm not, I'm, I'm like reframing my thoughts. I'm I'm thinking positive. I'm moving forward. I just used every tool I could find at my disposal, whether it was something I was learning from a whole food plant-based doctor, a neuroscientist like Dr. Huberman, or a rapper like Snoop Dogg. I was just whatever I could find, whoever I could connect to, whoever's message was getting through. Yeah. And, and then I just, you know, I started, it started to like build, you know, and it was like, oh. Here's the steps. I'm I'm out of the hole now. Now I'm kind of feeling like okay, I can see. I can see future. I can. I feel like there's there's air to breathe. There is there's gratefulness. There is a life to live. And um, and then you know reconnecting for me, the whole food plant based movement. You know people like you, people like Maya Acosta, who's got a podcast that's also excellent and also getting that information out there. Yeah, great friend of yours. And we. I feel like we're all part of this movement and together we're building our own kind of community. And I was like, okay, I'm going to reconnect to that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be, um, I want to be a help. I want to be a wheel in this machine. And um, so finding my purpose and kind of putting me back on track was a bit, it was all part of it. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in life, it's like we're going through this maze and we oftentimes we'll bump into a wall and, and we bump into the wall and it can be frustrating, but if it wasn't for the wall, we wouldn't find the way out. And it's Absolutely. Just, right. And so a lot of these things, that's, that's how we have to kind of look at it is this, this is not, this is not a, a, a permanent thing. This is just a barrier that's telling me I'm not going in the direction that I really should be going in. You know, for me, I, this is what was one of the reasons why I created this podcast was because I lost my uh, in-person whole food plant-based community as well for different reasons, 2020. And then there was, we lost our space because of a hurricane and lots of different things happened. So this was my way of, you know, I got bumped into that little wall in the maze and I said, okay, I'm going to come out back out and I'm going to try it this way. You know, oftentimes though, 
as in a maze, you can keep going and bumping into lots of walls and then you can start feeling sorry for yourself. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where you get stuck. And that's where I was. I was in that victim story. I was telling myself the victim story, all the thing, all the reasons that life wasn't how I wanted it to be, but that's another Eckhart Tolle thing, right? So you're saying, this is how I want the world to be and it's not. So you're thinking about that all the time. You're either looking at the past or, or wishing for a different future instead of just accepting the now and then looking around and going, I'm okay. I can be grateful. I have things that I'm that are good in my life and focusing on that. Yeah. And those are affirmations. With the, with the whole food plant-based lifestyle, one of the ways that people adopt it is they start adding in the foods that are healthy. Yes. And, and instead of thinking about eliminating the, the foods that are not healthy, which are the animal products and the processed foods, just adding in the things that are healthy. And eventually, if you keep adding those things in, you're crowding out the things that are not healthy, the animal products and the processed foods. And so with these affirmations and these things, positive things that you were doing to 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 fill up the, the spaces that you had, those were kind of crowding out the bad things as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, you know, I honestly feel like that's why I'm, I'm so dedicated to the whole food plant-based movement is because the whole food plant-based movement understands all the pillars of lifestyle medicine. It, it is not just about the food. It is about all of the things that lead us to be happier, healthier human beings. But uh, essentially, when we look at the problems that we have with the world, it's such a big problem to solve, but it starts with you. Yeah. So if you can change yourself, if you can be a happier, healthy human being, then you're also going to um, set an example for others. You're going to show other people what's possible. Other people will see the little changes that you're making and maybe they will be influenced because believe me, one of the things that, you know, I had to learn over the course of this entire journey was in the beginning, I was such, um, you know, I, I went out there and was like, I was like a preacher when it came to whole food plant-based. I wanted everyone to convert. Once I knew the truth, it was like, don't you want to know the truth? And why won't you change when you know this is true? And nobody changed, no matter how passionately I spoke to them, no matter how I really thought, oh, I'm going to get them with this bit of information. It did not matter. I think I actually set them further back. And now all I want to do is be an example. And not just like I'm putting myself up there, like I'm an example to be looked up to. But, you know, the more we are doing things the right way, you know, setting ourselves up, the, the, that's the world we're going to create. So we're making it easier for people who are just beginning their journey because we're out there, um, you know, buying the, the right fruits and vegetables, you know, going to the food markets and, uh, you know, encouraging organic. I'm, I grow my own food. I'm huge on the gardening. I love to garden and talk about growing your own food. And, you know, putting my hands in the soil was a big part of like alleviating my depression too. getting my hands dirty um, is another tool for, you know, moving forward and setting yourself up on the right path. And, and so it, it's just all connected. We can't, everything we do has an effect somewhere. Yes, it does. And, and being on this broadcast also, you're, you're making connections with people and people are feeling 
feeling that they're going to learn something from from your experiences and hopefully incorporate it. And 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 it's true because we're only we can only affect the people that are right around us. So either in in the same room as us or it, when you get out to be on a podcast like this, and that's that's why I'm doing it too because I'm just trying to to help more more and more people learn about this lifestyle. So what was the thing that you found most difficult about adopting the lifestyle? I mean, you said that your your boyfriend at the your boyfriend at the time that he that he, before that he had uh, adopted it with you. So what challenge do you think that you had? And, and Oh, for me it was, was it was the it was losing my friends. And and now that I look back on it, it was it was a lot to do with how I was framing things, right? I, I it was it was hard for me to be sitting at tables where you know it's just meat and cheese glorified um but it was also because you know at that time people were asking me questions about why i'm not eating certain ways and while i was learning i didn't have the words you didn't have the tools yeah yeah i really couldn't talk about it i knew why i wanted to and when i was pressed and asked because a lot of people are asking it so what why are you saying what i'm doing is wrong yeah. And I, you know, and I, lots of times I say, oh, I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. It's just that what I'm choosing to do. But I would also um, feel very disconnected that I'm having these conversations while we're just supposed to be having a meal together. Yeah. Yeah. We're not connecting. I felt disconnected from my friends. And so that was a, you know, a time in my life where I felt a bit low, too. I was I was really sad. I remember, you know, crying over, like feeling like I was losing my friendships because my friends suddenly probably didn't really want me around because, you know, I was difficult, you know, like it was difficult to know what to serve me for food if we were eating together or um they it bothered them they were asking questions and then these con- uncomfortable conversations were having like you know i talked i've talked about it on other podcasts too is our best friends had a steak restaurant so mm-hmm. and we spent a lot of time at their restaurant up until that point and suddenly you know there is no food for us to be eating in this place and and then you know th- their life is about food and my life is about food but we're right at the other opposite ends of the spectrum and i wasn't mature enough to understand how to just handle that. Now I'm different. Now, I, you know, when it comes to people who are, they're eating meat, I have, I, you know, we're very low key. We, we know how to kind of go about what we're doing and also to answer our questions. I read a great book a long time ago um, called Eating Animals and uh, the author, Jonathan, I can't remember his last name, but he talks about when people ask him that question as to like why he's not eating things, it's like, do you want the short answer or the long answer? <laughs> and, you know, how much information are you looking for here? So you can just give like a very, you know, very easy simple you know yeah. just you know made this decision because you're they're also probably sitting in front of you eating something and so if you're like well i'm trying not to get cancer like yeah. you know it's that's it's kind of like here's a mirror you can look in and yeah how are yeah. they gonna feel and how are they gonna feel about you yeah. and is that gonna make them want to try whole food plant-based eating yeah. you know and you know and and also um it was difficult at the time and i was feeling uncomfortable about the difficultness. And that was something that the community changed for me was suddenly you could go out and eat with other people. It became easier. You could socialize. You could still have a social life. Potlucks were the most incredible thing because you could go to a dinner and have everything that's there. You don't have to ask. You don't have to look at ingredients. You don't, unless you have allergies, you can just eat anything you want. And it was um, a relief at that point because it is difficult in the beginning, especially when this movement started, that you don't 
where do you find the food that you're going to eat now? Now, how do I eat now? You know, I had to learn how to cook a whole new way. So that was probably the most difficult part was losing what I felt was my um, most important relationships in my life and then trying to find new ones. If I was to do it over again now, I maybe I wouldn't have gone through so much of that. Maybe I could have handled it a bit better. But, you know, this is part of the learning process. Yeah, Dr. Doug Wilde says that one answer that you can give to people is, well, it's just something I'm just going to be doing for maybe about 30 days. It's just kind of an experiment, you know. Yeah, I don't, just trying I don't it really out. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it seems <laughs> to be working, you know. We'll just, we're just trying it out. And, yeah, people feel less challenged by that. And and I think that's, I think that's really important. I think that, you know, a, considering where we are today and considering the climate and everything and that, that we see, you know, in the whole food plant-based movement, that food is a big part of the solution. We need to get as many people on board as possible. And it may not be that those people are ever going to become a complete whole food plant-based person or completely vegan, but you need to accept them from where they are and invite them into your world wherever you can and, you know, offer them food, offer them encouragement um, for whatever they're doing. And they'd say, oh, I'm not eating as much meat. Well, you know, that's fantastic. Don't just go, well, you're still eating meat. You know, like, don't, let's not strive for perfection. Let's get everybody on because there'll be a tipping point. Right. And we I think we're ever so close to it now because people are seeing even people who, um, you know, even people who eat keto, you know, low carb diets and things like that. What I get from most of their conversation is the reason that they are feeling better and their the diet seems to be working for them, even though we know the pitfalls of it, is that they are eliminating some processed foods. And that is, if we could all eliminate a lot of processed foods, then we wouldn't have the companies who are profiteering and manipulating us. Maybe we could have less fast food, you know, signs that we're driving down the street and we're seeing all these options all the time and being enticed by them. So, you know, like all these changes will matter and not everyone has to adhere to our lifestyle right now, right away, um, you know, even though we'd love it. Um, but we, you know, bring people in wherever they can in whatever ways they can and and just try and be an example that they look at it and go well that looks they look great you know like i i now i strive for that is part of my um intention with fitness and you know my husband as well we we go to the gym not with the intention of i've given up the idea of having a transformation and a perfect body that i'm going to then showcase and say look at me because maybe that's something I can't maintain anyways. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. I, you know, actually my life goal, my fitness goal is Anne Esselstyn had a birthday yesterday. She turned 88 years old. Her daughter did a little reel and I shared it in my Facebook group. And um, it's just, you know, Anne living her life. If anyone's familiar with Anne Esselstyn, who does her, you know, cooking program with her daughter, Jane, um, you know, she's whole food plant-based, she's 88, and she walks up hills pulling tires that are chained to her. She's jumping into lakes and diving, and she's dancing with her husband, and she's enjoying her life and smiling. She's got muscles, and that's my life goal. That's who I want to be. That's my inspiration. That's what I'm doing it for. I want to be free of disease. I don't want to be bogged down with um, medications or be in a hospital when I'm 88 years old. I want to be living a full and complete life like Anne Esselstyn. So, um, you know, I let that be my inspiration and my my um, my beacon of light now. And 
And then I hope that I can maybe do that for others. I think you are already. Yes, Thanks. absolutely. We have a lot of great uh, positive responses out in from our green warriors. And I, I just, love this green warriors too. I just have to say, you said it a few times now. I'm like green warriors. Yes. I wore green today. I love green. I love eating my greens. Like they are powerful. Yes. Green warriors are powerful. Yep. In so many ways. And you're, you're a green warrior. So thanks. Thanks. I should get You should have shirts, Amy. I know. Right. Get me a shirt. Yes. When, when that happens, I will get you one. Okay. I'm up for it. I, that is, that is, that is, I will put that on my bio because being a green warrior is, is a great aspiration. Yes. And even if you're just starting out, you're a green yes. warrior, right? Absolutely. You didn't have to, right. You can and, have the power of greens can be in your life too. You don't have to be perfectly whole food plant-based to, to understand the power that greens can bring to your life. Well, I just wanted to say a big thank you to you, Michelle. It, it's kind of difficult to talk about some of the things that you did speak about, but it was so helpful. And I'm, I'm sure that our Green Warriors have gained valuable insights and, and perspective from Thanks. your experiences. You know, it, and by sharing your story, you're offering hope and encouragement to the others who might be struggling with similar obstacles or maybe they know people that are facing these things i hope so i hope so and that you know as nervous and uncomfortable as i was uh leading up i tell you i was nervous for this interview and you know especially going live it's uh it's a big challenge but it 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 honestly felt like um maybe a little hill to climb as well and something so i thank you for the opportunity to be here and to tell my story and you know you were such a great listener and interviewer that you know to let me have that i know i can ramble on sometimes i try to cohesively tell my story and maybe i'll get better at that in time but um yeah i'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and to to put that message out into the world and i hope that it does help someone well you did very well it's it's hard to get something a life story in this short a period of time and there's so much more that you could tell absolutely so, so and i want to give people the opportunity to find out about what you're doing and how they can get a hold of you. But I wanted to also tell everybody that we have had another book giveaway. And some of you that may have been tuning in have known about it. We've had a guest on our show, Sid Nodder. She's been on the show quite a few times and she has this book called The Plan A Diet. And she gave one of them these copies of her book for a book giveaway. And many of you have entered. So I am going to set up our wheel <laughs> so we have this wheel that we can do and that's here. <laughs> this is exciting it's fun <laughs> and then what i'm going to do is i'm going to spin the wheel i'm going to see because all the names are on the wheel we're going to see who won this copy of the book and here we go right on oh Kathy, okay. We'll have to notify Sid that Kathy is the winner. Congratulations, Kathy. That's so exciting. We'll notify Sid about that. And then she's going to get that copy of her book to you. And congratulations. And we'll be having more book giveaways coming up. So stay tuned for that. And let me just see if we have 
Oh, <laughs> thanks, Sid. Drum roll. I should have put that on before I didn't notice that. I should have put that on first. But he could do. we could do a drum roll anyway for, for, for Kathy. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, what, you, what you've been doing. You, you mentioned some of it and then how people can get a hold of you if they want to. Yeah, well, people can, you know, I've been using this brand I'm starting to build called Tree Liberty um, because I believe you know, it's a lifestyle thing, right? So it, uh, True Liberty for me encompasses it. So you can find me anywhere, really. I'm on most of social media. I would say I'm more active on, you know, maybe on uh, Instagram and Facebook the most. So you can either look for me, Michelle Tree, or just look up uh, Tree Liberty and you can message me or get a hold of me. If you're interested in being part of this movement, um, I'm looking to connect with other uh, plant-based leaders around the world. You know, one of the greatest things that I, I enjoy is being part of the plant peer communities. Um, right now I've been leading uh, book clubs with plant peer community leaders, uh, you know, Mostly, mostly so I get actually get books read because I'm a type person. I buy a lot of books and don't get them fully read. So it, it forces me to do that and forces other leaders to do that too. We learn together, we network, we, you know, support each other as leaders. Um, but, uh, you know, outside of that, I'm just looking to connect with anyone who's interested in this movement if you want to connect. And, you know, even if it's just, you know, following each other on Instagram and liking each other's posts, it all just kind of helps to connect us together and build this movement because I'm very interested in just doing everything I can to uh, make this world a greener place, uh, you know, a healthier place, you know, and, um, you know, taking action because really to not get stuck in depression and not get stuck to, you know, where, you know, thinking about like how bad things can be, the only thing you can do is, is start to take some action, whether it's action, those little bits of tools and actions on yourself or eating healthier or sleeping more or whatever you can do to help yourself, but also um, actions to, you know, like, let's all move this forward together. Let's connect. Well, that's great. And I put a link because I have a blog that talks about how you can be connect up either by creating your own pod or looking for a pod that might be in your neighborhood that's already existing because it is all around the globe there are pods so yeah maybe there there might already be one in your neighborhood and if you if even if you've not adopted this lifestyle but you're just curious about it pod leaders like like me and like you Michelle we love when people come to our meetings and say hey i don't know anything about this can you tell me <laughs> and then yes. it's like how many people would want to come up and talk to you and help you learn about it so it's a really wonderful way to to learn learn about the lifestyle if you're just trying to learn about it it's the so, best way yeah the best way yeah so Michelle what do you think your final take home message would be for people that they tuned in because of the, the subject matter. They tuned in because of the, the struggles that you had faced and and what you tried to do to, to overcome these things. What, what do you think that the, your final take-home message for them would be? You know, if you tuned into this because of the description, uh, being that, you know, being 50 and being a woman was a big part of it. I'm all about that. Um, just, you know, going through this whole stage of perimenopause, I'm looking to the next stage of my life I'm realizing how strong and worthwhile and how much women of this generation have to give and how if we can connect together, we can just help each other build stronger and be better. Um, but there's so much life to live. There's so much ahead for us. And, and that's my takeaway is that 
this is the beginning for me. This is a new beginning. This is a new stage of my life. And that's how I'm looking at things. And I hope other people who are in that same stage of their life will look at it the same um, as I'm looking at it and, and, you know, help each other kind of grow. And, and uh, there's just so much life to give. We are strong and we are stronger together. And uh, you know, this, this is a, this is a great community. There's so many communities out there, like, just like you say, plant your communities, but this, these, this podcast is its own community. If you're a fan of this show and you're watching it and you're, you probably get to know other people who are in the comments and, you know, watch regularly as well. This is, we're all building community and um, that's really important right now. So yeah, I would say community and also, you know, go women, <laughs> go women who are 50. <laughs> well, Green Warriors, why don't you type in the comments, tell us what you're going to remember and what, what is one of your takeaways from what we talked about today? And I want to also thank Jess Tass Voice. She did the countdown. She did the promotions. She did the voiceovers. She's doing lots of things in the background that would take me more hours than I have to do. So I really appreciate what she does. And Jess Tass Voice, tell us who's coming up next. Fitness instructor Angela Fischetti will lead a chair upper body workout. Join in on Wednesday, July 26th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, most of all, I want to thank you, the Green Warriors, for tuning in because that's why Michelle's here. That's why I'm here. We love to connect with all of you. And as a thank you to all of you, especially if you are not familiar with this lifestyle, I am offering five free recipes that I can send to you in your inbox. And all you have to do is just go to my website, and that's begreenwithamy.com slash join. And then I will send those recipes right to you. So that's something that you can do if you'd like to try and dip your toe in this lifestyle, or maybe if you've already adopted it and you want to have some ideas from some new recipes. So I'd like to invite all of you to take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze, because that's a hug from me to you. That's a hug from me to you, Michelle. <laughs> Back right at you, Amy. <laughs> and if I, you wait, want, I can't wait till I can hug you in person one day. I know. Yes, that would be wonderful. Well, Green Warriors, you can type in the comments my tagline as Michelle helps me say it. Are you ready, Michelle? Yes. Okay. Well, until I see all of you again, and I have to see that muscle one more time. That <laughs> until I see all of you again, remember, be strong, be well, be well and be... Be green. green. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Okay, Bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.